Sean Marash time on CBS Sports Radio. Let's go, North America. It's the Sean Marash Show, coast to coast on this Saturday, now becoming a Sunday morning on CBS Sports Radio. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They could help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. A busy sports weekend, the final weekend before Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Hope you got your antipas, your turkey, you did all of your shopping this weekend. I did plenty of shopping on Saturday, and I believe later on, after we do a little sports, I have found the single worst kind of shopper in America on this holiday season. We'll discuss that. Obviously, a busy college football Saturday, a disappointing one Top to bottom on the schedule, and we will have your campus crush as well later on, but we also break down kind of ridiculous when you look at these teams playing games as if it's Labor Day weekend all over again, the weekend before the big rivalry weekend next week. But there was a major upset, and we will do this a little bit later on as well, Oregon Falls to Arizona State, and credit to Herm Edwards beating yet another ranked team in his tenure in Arizona State. How wrong were all of we on the Herm Edwards hire in Arizona State, but can the Pac-12, despite Utah's big win tonight, kick kick the bucket on their college football playoff hopes as Bama kept the role? We will discuss all of that. But obviously, if you look around the landscape and the NFL, it really takes a stranglehold from this point on through the Super Bowl and highlights everything that's great about sports, playoff weekends, every type of feel. Unlike what we got with the college football Saturday, we have significant football professional football games this weekend. And for the fourth time, just the fourth time in the Super Bowl era, we had three primetime, have three primetime games this weekend where two winning teams are playing each other. And it all started Thursday night with Colts and Texans. I know a game that, judging by Twitter, seemed a lot of people were killing it. I thought it was fascinating in the second half. I enjoyed it. It had good flow, good tempo, quick game, got me to bed, plenty of time to wake up in time to do the DA show. And we get a 49er, And Packer game on Sunday night, a Monday night game with the Ravens and the Rams. But, of course, I want to begin with what I think is the most fascinating game of the weekend and a game that I am convinced will be the most watched NFL game of the season. And that is the late window on Sunday, Cowboys and Patriots from Foxborough, where if you haven't taken a peek at the forecast and if you're outside of the Northeast, and I just double-checked this, before we signed on here inside the pork store, 100% chance of rain and driving rain through about 9 p.m. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Sunday night. So it'll start to taper off. Maybe you get a fourth quarter that's a little dry, but it is going to be sloppy up in Foxborough for the Cowboys and for the Patriots. And why this game fascinates me is where these two teams are. And I highlighted last week, or was it two weeks ago when talking about the Vikings and Cowboys, how it kind of felt a bit like the fraud bowl. Both teams seem to be fraudulent to me. Both teams seem to be easy outs in the playoffs. And the Cowboys lost that game. So it's funny that two weeks later I circle back and I'm going to say what I say. And I guess it just shows that I am a continuous hypocrite with my sports takes. But am I crazy to believe in the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to New England? I want to get your thoughts on this at 855-212-4227. The number again is 855-212-4CBS. Your tweets all night long at CBS M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. So here's a fact. Let's, let's shoot some straight facts as we head into this game. 128 and 28 
A hundred games over five hundred. What is that record? That is Bill Belichick's record at home as coach of the New England Patriots. Exactly one hundred games over five hundred. It is daunting to beat the Patriots during this Belichick Brady era, and especially daunting going into Foxborough and taking care of business. Not many teams do it. And while we saw last week what happened with the Eagles in Philly, it's ironic that it's the NFC East that's kind of been the bugaboo for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady when you consider the Giants whooped up on the Pats at two, two, two Super Bowls and Nick Foles and the Eagles did as well. And the Giants have gone to Foxborough and won in that 2011 regular season. They did so behind Eli Manning. So here are the Cowboys trying to get a little bit of the recipe. I know those were different Patriot teams, and obviously this is a different Cowboy team. But the Cowboys, here's another fact. They have a pass rush that when that light switch goes on, and oh, it can go on, they can get after the quarterback as good as anybody in the NFL. And need I say, they also have Michael Bennett, who's kind of been a sleeping giant since coming over from the New England Patriots. He's telling me he's not licking his chops to get in this spot and go take care of Baron. Don't go take care of New England. See, this is what happens when I crush 10 McNuggets and a fry before the show. My tongue gets all twisted up. Tom Brady last week, following that win versus the Eagles, a game in which, let's face it, the Patriot offense sputtered 17 points. You don't expect the Patriots to win games putting up 17 points in the Tom Brady era. That's how good their defense has been. This is a defensive Patriot team. But Tom Brady sounded as dejected as I have ever heard him in his career. And this was following a win. We all thought and saw eventually that it would come, that Tom Brady would look his age. And while he not, doesn't necessarily look like Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers with a sweater on right now that he couldn't throw the ball, he does look older. Tom Brady looks older. He might look 36 and not 42, but he certainly doesn't look 25 this year. And I know this is crazy to say because we're looking at the name of the back of the jersey and the number 12 on the jersey, but Tom Brady this year is basically a game manager. Tom Brady looks more like Trent Dilfer on the 2000 Ravens than he does Tom Brady on the 2002 Patriots. And I know that might be blasphemy. And I know those of you listening in New England might be thinking I'm crazy. But that's just what Tom Brady's been all year. We enter this game Sunday versus the Dallas Cowboys where... While you trust Tom Brady's instincts more, there should be no question in your mind in the year 2019. The quarterback you'd rather have winning football games for you is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is 10 times better and more clutch than Tony Romo was. And Dak Prescott now, I think we finally are getting away from shedding the label that he's just a product of his offensive line and a product of a great run game with Zeke Elliott. Dak Prescott's become the truth, as the kids like to say. And for Dak Prescott, in a game, again played in driving range, so take that for what it is, versus Bill Belichick in matching his wits defensively, Dak Prescott could show his true maturation as a franchise quarterback on Sunday afternoon. And remember, this is a game, and why I talk about this being the highest rated game, the game with the most eyes on it, usually in that late window on a Sunday, we get four games, three games, rarely is it two games, and usually when it is two games, there are the couple markets in whatever the other game would be on the other network not getting this big game going on on the other, if you, if that makes any sense TV-wise. 
Fox flex, was able to flex and get the Eagles and Seahawks out of Sunday night into their early slot. That highlights a big game. They had 49ers-Packers up against Cowboys-Pats, and they would have had to split the difference on TVs in America. Fox has Buck and Aikman, and that is it. Every market, small, big, is getting the Patriot-Cowboy game, meaning every football eye in America is on Dak Prescott and on Jason Garrett and on this lightning rod of a franchise in the Dallas Cowboys. And this is big boy pants time. The Patriots are ripe for the picking. When you hear things like Tom Brady talking about how he's just disappointed in the offense, they aren't where they need to be. If the Cowboys go into Foxborough in a rainstorm and let Tom Brady carve them up and look like old Tom Brady again, I don't want to hear from them again this season. Do not want to hear from them. And maybe that's unfair, but it just again speaks to every time the Cowboys have to answer the bell versus a big-time team, a playoff team in 2019, what has happened? They have fallen short. And then we are quick to discuss how lousy a coach Jason Garrett is, how overrated he is. But the Cowboys, every time they go play a bad team, they manage to rise to the occasion and figure things out. This is a good team. This is a great defense. But it is an offense that is struggling for the New England Patriots. And the Dallas Cowboys are more talented on paper on both sides of the ball than the New England Patriots. They are. And talent has been the the key word in Dallas. We discuss at the beginning of the year, the biggest storyline, hey, how the Cowboys going to be able to sign all of these guys? They have all this loaded talent. They've drafted so well. And what have they had to show for it? A second-round exit versus the Rams in the playoffs last year? That's on Jason Garrett. And that, to me, if you're not going to be a believer on the Dallas Cowboys in New England, it is just that. How can you trust Jason Garrett on the sidelines matching wits with Bill Belichick? You cannot. If the new if the Dallas Cowboys are going to go into New England and win this game, it will be in spite of Jason Garrett. And call me crazy, I think Dak Prescott, this is his official coming out party. This is his MVP watch party. If this was college football, this would be his Heisman moment game. I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to conjure something up like the Eagles and Giants have. Their pass rush is going to get after it. And in a rainstorm, Tom Brady is going to look every bit his age because guess what? The trend has been feeling that way. And now with every eye in America on this game, Tom Brady looks his age. We wake up Monday morning and the questions about can the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Can they go on the road in Baltimore and win? Because now the Ravens could be looking at a situation where they have home field advantage. And oh yeah, are the Cowboys finally for real? All of these are going to be your Monday morning headlines. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win in New England in spite of Jason Garrett and because Dak Prescott is officially going to put a stamp on him becoming an elite quarterback in the NFL. Am I crazy? Will the Dallas Cowboys go into New England? Will they win this game? Will Tom Brady continue to look his age? Is the end of the New England Patriots finally on the cusp? Will the Dallas Cowboys finally win a big game and have a big moment under Jason Garrett? All of that is where we begin today's Sean Moraes show at 855-212-4227. That number again is 855-212-4CBS and your tweets at MrazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Let's have some fun tonight. All the NFL big action you want to get into, if I didn't mention your team at the beginning, call me, mention it. Let's get into it because this slate is going to be a heck of a lot of fun over the next 48 hours. And college football fans, I didn't forget about you. On top of your NFL calls and we discuss 
Next, that Oregon loss to Arizona State and why, you know what, you may hate it. America may hate it. The haters may hate it. It's pretty obvious now who the four teams are in the college football playoff, and I've been telling you it for weeks. It's the Sean Morass Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's Sean Morass on CBS Sports Radio. It is the Sean Morass Show on CBS Sports Radio and CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227 is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. You guys have lit up the phones. Rob is in Pittsburgh. Rob, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How's it going, man? What's up, Rob? How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain, man. I just wanted to comment on the uh, upcoming Cowboy and Patriot game. All right. What do you got, Rob? You said a lot of what I think. Uh, it's a big game. I'm a Cowboy fan. Uh, we oftentimes, when it's time to play a big game, come up short. Earlier this year against the Packers, the uh, Vikings. But I believe that, like you said, the Patriots are right for the picking. And uh, I think we should come out and run the ball. Consider- nope. That I believe Dallas could win is because I actually have faith in that presence. I know, I know. It's good. You break it up a little bit, Rob, and and that's why I've harped on this Dak Prescott situation. Let, let's face it, Dak has a lot of haters, and maybe it's the fact that he wasn't a flashy first round pick. And a lot of people have again credited the offensive line, and I understand that, and credited the running back situation with Zeke Elliott, and I get that as well. And maybe that was a lot of it early on, and maybe that was a reason for his early success that he was put in the perfect situation to succeed. But because he had that perfect situation to succeed. Dak Prescott has matured over the last three years. Dak Prescott now is more accurate. He's not overshooting receivers on the side. He He's excellent with the route tree with his wide receivers. Dak Prescott was able to do something that most mid-round NFL quarterback project picks can't. He was able to get in a good situation, be able to play and not just sit in the bench, take his lumps, but also play behind an elite offensive line with that run game. And it would be one thing just to do that and stay a game manager but he harnessed the craft, and he has become a legitimate big-time quarterback in the league. And I know people who hate the Cowboys. And look, I'm not. you might be listening to this radio right now. You might be listening to the Sean Moresh on Radio.com, Series XM 206, any of our great affiliates. How about that for a pop? Telling Alexa to play CBS Sports Radio. And you might be saying, what a Cowboy homer this Moresh is. Are you crazy? What a Cowboy homer. Guys, my name is Sean Taylor Moore. I was named after Sean Lindetta and Lawrence Taylor at the 1986 Super Bowl. My dog's name is Eli. So if you think for one second I love the Dallas Cowboys or I I don't feel disgust in the pit of my stomach telling you why I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to go to New England and win this game, you're nuts. I hate the Cowboys, and I will never hide that. And I hate the fact that Dak Prescott's great, and I won't hide that. But they're a legitimately good team that the only reason they lose these big games is because their head coach stinks. And it's a Jason Garrett situation that costs them. But again, I think enough will get done, and I think New England's reeling enough that they will win in spite of Jason Garrett. David is in Dallas. David, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, you're going to make me defend Garrett. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, let's start with this. I'm I'm a little annoyed at the, the overall Nationals' perspective on Dak. This kid has been a winner since the second he stepped on the field. He has been. He commanded that huddle. 
And if you want to go back to that first playoff game that he played against Aaron Rodgers, basically outdoed him with 300 yards and three scores. Right, so right. Took a, took a crazy Rodgers drive. Right, exactly. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, um, we'll get to this. I have yet to see a Cowboys opponent beat them. They beat themselves. Now, that's an issue. Don't get me wrong. That's not something you want to be saying about your football team. But they've beaten themselves more so than any team has beaten them. The okay. Minnesota game was the closest thing to it, yet everybody's harping on that third and two run late in the ballgame on that last drive. Well, Dave, David, so, David, David, I'm going to let you talk because you sound like a very passionate call, and I love this. I will tell you this. You say they beat themselves. When a team beats themselves, that is a reflection of their head coach. And you started this call by saying, you're going to make me defend Jason Garrett. And you already, before you've defended, have gotten to the point where they beat themselves. And it's a, that's a fair point. Thank you. It is indicative on coaching. That's a very fair point. However, I mean, and, and I mean, if you want to call it living in the past, you go back to last year, there's no coach in the league that takes that 3-5 and five football team and has them win out. No, no coaching, coach but Jason Garrett. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill so Belichick. He, Bill Belichick couldn't have them win out at three five. Bill Belichick wouldn't even have them at three and five. Okay, fair enough. But either way, it, it, Sean Payton. That, Sean Payton can't win it out at three and five. Still rallied around Garrett. Is is it time for a change? Yes. Don't get me wrong. It really is. I, I wanted. I, I finally fell off the wagon when they lost to the Jets. I sh- I said it multiple times. Jerry shouldn't have allowed him on the plane. If he still had a job, he should have found his own way home from New York. So, Multiple is it time for a change? Absolutely. However, right now, in this moment, he still has that team. This team has not quit on him ever. And, well, but that's, you know, no, and they, like I said, you're right. It's time for a change. You're absolutely right. Right. And, and David, and, and David, I, thanks for the call. I'm sorry to cut you off there. But when you say the team hasn't quit on him, yeah, the team might like him. Jason Garrett's a nice guy. I've met Jason Garrett. Not the name trap. Not that he would know me from a hole in the wall. Jason Garrett, you could tell, is a stand-up guy. is a real good guy. And I, I wouldn't say that Jason Garrett is a horrific football coach. I just don't think he's a very good football coach. I think that the players might respect him, and I think he could be a good offensive mind in spurts. But I think, in, inevitably, Jason Garrett has survived this long, despite the fact that the Cowboys don't even get sniff an NFC Championship game because he's a puppet of Jerry Jones, and he's going to do what Jerry Jones says. Ultimately, yeah, the players might like him, and the players may not quit on him. That doesn't mean that when it comes time for in-game decisions or simple preparation during the week of fundamental things, like you talk about the Cowboys beating themselves, that falls on Jason Garrett, where other quarterbacks, be, I mean, other coaches be way tighter with that. Chris is in Boston. Let's get the other side of this. Chris, what's up, man? Not much, Maraz. Hey, um, with Wynn coming back for the Patriots, I, I think this is the only chance the Patriots are going to have to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, in my opinion, stabilize this it, offensive line a bit. Get Marshall Newhouse off a of left tackle. Absolutely. When when it could stabilize it, they're going to either move over Mason or Tooney. Um, forget who's the swing one, and then they're, they're just going to give Brady a half a second more. But they're going to try to run all over, especially in the weather that's going to be here up here. That's this is the formula for football for uh, New you're, England. You're right, Chris. But don't but don't kid yourself. This is what I'm. This is why I also like the Cowboys in this spot. Their defense and and they're very good against the run. It's a matter of their pass rush with all these pass rushes. They're hit or miss. Don't forget, they lost that game to the Saints because they couldn't score enough. They lost that game 12-10. They bottled up the run pretty good against the Saints in their own building that night. So I, I expect the Dallas Cowboys to be pretty good against the run. Where I think the Patriots are going to win this game is kind of an extension of the run game. It's going to be wet weather, balls out short to James White making people miss. Yeah, and 
Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you, they're going to make whatever they're going to do, they're going to make uh, Prescott one-dimensional, and then the Patriots have the speed. They're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting, but look, you can make Prescott one-dimensional one way or the other, but if, if you're going to bottle up Prescott and not allow him to extend plays in the run, which, by the way, he can. He's not Lamar Jackson, but we all know Dak Prescott can run with it. And we've already saw New England have a problem with a running quarterback. But if you're telling me they're going to sell out to take away the run and play man coverage like the Patriots love to do, well, I know he's been hobbled all year. You tell me Amari Cooper can't find a way to make a couple plays on Stephon Gilmore? That's not possible? You're telling me Zeke, like we just talked about with James White, isn't going to be catching any balls out of the backfield? No plays to the tight end? Look, the, the Cowboys are loaded offensively. And... I'm not telling you they're going to go to Foxborough and score 35 points. What I am saying is they have a damn good defense right now. And if you're thinking this is a tight, close game, and maybe that does come down to coaching, I think, though, ultimately, you have more chances for that Patriot offense at this point, the way they look to make plays against the Cowboy defense, than you do the other way around, where it's that Patriot struggling offense making plays against the Cowboy defense. We've got one more in here. Jeremy's in Fort Worth, Texas. Jeremy, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, my man? How's your night? What's up, Jeremy? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I was going to tell you, man, say, man, give my boy Tony Romo his respect, man. He got the most fourth quarter comebacks in Cowboys in Cowboys history, man. Oh, boy. Him, Throw him a parade. Give my boy... Yeah, man, it's great coming back for the Arizona Cardinals when the game don't matter. But it's also awesome when Romo throws that big pick every time it mattered in the big fourth quarter to get to a big spot. Oh, oh, no. oh man. But, hey, hey, there's a lot of times he did come and throw them touchdown passes, though, when we needed it, especially yeah. 2011, oh, I can 2012. Tell. Oh, I know. Yeah, you guys really went deep in 2011 because of that. Oh no, but hey, without him it would have been it would have been less than eight and eight, I can tell you that. <laughs> Fair point, Jeremy. Fair yeah, point. Without him, it would have been way worse than that, trust me. Believe that one. But but, but, yeah. but Jeremy, rather than argue over Romo for a second, I, I say this seriously. Who would you knowing what you know now that how Romo's career unfolded and knowing what you've already seen from Dak Prescott, both of those guys are rookies right now and you could have one for the next ten years. Are you taking Tony Romo or are you taking Dak Prescott? Take a Romo, man. Oh, take you're Romo. crazy, oh, Jeremy. Romo. You're I'm crazy. Romo, I'm you, well, I mean, okay, okay. Take it for take it for example, okay, man. If it, for the injury part, if I just knew that, if I knew he'd be injury like that. Well, I just no, said okay. knowing what you know about Romo's career, the yeah. guy was always beat up. Dak has already shown, already shown, he's a better winner than Tony Romo. You have already but, had more playoff success under Dak Prescott. Oh no no we no 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 we we no we got blew out we barely made it to Green Bay we he just we, he just they just come out of desperation and um what's come on what happened to the I don't even know what happened to the um, Los Angeles game I don't I don't even want to talk about that one but for us that man right, you don't want to talk about what we want to talk about thanks for the call Jeremy here on the Sean Moresh on CBS Sports Radio. Want to have fun with that? We'll have fun with that. I think he's nuts. If you knew what you knew now about Tony Romo and everything that unfolded in his career, and I'm not trying to make Tony Romo out to be the worst quarterback in football, but nobody's overrated their own quarterback from a, internally from a fan base the way Cowboy fans overrated Tony Romo in his career. And Tony Romo has some good spots. He's right about those fourth quarter comebacks, but how many times? Look, we've the Cowboys are on TV more than any other team. You don't have to just be a Dallas Cowboy fan to have a true opinion on Tony Romo and understand his career. When the Cowboys tried to rise above and had great teams. It was Tony Romo more often than not that shot them in the foot. Despite Romo bringing them back in some of these games, he ultimately would undo it himself. Dak Prescott 
Should have beaten Green Bay that first playoff game, and I know you could have some should-haves for Tony Romo. We could talk about 2007 versus the Giants. You know, Miles Austin catches a pass, something like that. So I, I don't want to kill the should-haves, but it was it. Dak Prescott did all he could offensively. It was a defensive situation. Mason Crosby kicks a crazy field goal. They lose that. Last year, did anybody have faith in the Dallas Cowboys in that wild card round? I did not. I sat down that Saturday night thinking, Cowboy fans are all chummy again. They're going to have their hearts broke. Dak Prescott looked impressive. Dak Prescott looked impressive versus the Rams last year as well. It wasn't his fault. Knowing what we know now and what's still to come from Dak and what we've seen from Dak, I absolutely would take Dak Prescott to be my quarterback over the next 10 years than if I had Tony Romo as a rookie knowing what I knew about his. Absolutely. Dak Prescott's going to be the better quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And this Sunday, later on, versus the Patriots, if you have not been a Dak believer, you will leave a Dak believer. Again, your tweets at Mraz CBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Your calls, 855-212-4227. College football fans, I did tease to you why we know the four. We know the four that are ending up here in the college football playoff. I promise I will get to that next with your calls as well. It's Sean Morash on CBS Sports Radio. Brian McKeon, Ben Horowitz with us today on the other side of the glass. It is the Sean Morash Show on CBS Sports Radio. Radio, not Wadio. I am all over the map today. I'm telling you, right before the show, it was funny. We were talking about pizza, me, McKeon, and Horowitz. I was starving. Starving. When you work these overnights, this is usually the time, and, and many of you listening know if you're up. Uh, we're Let's face it, normal lives are sleeping, but we're all up, and that's why I love kind of having fun with the overnight because all of us are, are up for different reasons. But, you know, usually you're sleeping, you're not eating. I was starving. little fast food place up the block here in Manhattan, crushed 10 nuggets, fry, and now ever since then I've been in a tongue twister. Learn my lesson. No more salty nuggets and fries before doing a show. Three chicken tenders, taters, and gravy. Oh, yeah. I threw in a biscuit and a big old cookie. Fat ass. <laughs> also, by the way, I did try finally the Popeye sandwich. We'll get into that a little bit later. I know. Oh, I'm, I need a review. We'll, we'll do a little review later on. I know I'm like six months late on this, but whatever. It's my show. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Right. You haven't done it yet. I okay. Done it. We'll discuss it later. Again. It's very. I talked about that for being an ego. Now I'm, it's my show. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Your tweets at Marat CBS, M-R-A-C, CBS. Delmonico Primo, who has a thumbnail picture of Jack Black, tweets in, even if the Dallas Cowboys hold off the Eagles in the East, the Vikings, Packers, or Seahawks, Niners going to bounce them in the first round. Seahawks, I'm thinking. And he, by the way, he ends up tagging all the teams in here, I guess looking for a retweet. Cowboys are a fraud, not even in the same class as the Patriots. I did say two weeks ago the Cowboys are fraudulent. I believe they're fraudulent because of their head coach. That being said, the Vikings have beat them by four points. If you're telling me in a wild card spot, whoever loses that division, the Vikings, the Packers, yeah, I think the Packers beat the Cowboys. I don't think the Vikings would beat the Cowboys. I, you tell me Now, Kirk Cousins, we know everything we know about Kirk Cousins. He's the ultimate fraud. We know it's about frauds. He's going to go, and I know he's already beaten the Cowboys this year. He's going to beat the Cowboys twice and go beat him in the postseason? I don't think so. And as far as the Seahawks and 49ers, and we will get into 49ers-Packers in a little bit, and I do have some thoughts on this 49ers schedule coming up. If the 49ers don't win the NFC West after the way they started the season and only have one loss to this point as we head towards Thanksgiving, that means they will have been on some slide versus elite teams down the stretch. And again, I want to break this all down a little bit later on. If they go into that funk and they're playing wildcard weekend on the road versus the Cowboys, I do not believe they'll be in a position to beat the Dallas Cowboys if they are the team at that point. And Seahawks-Cowboys, look, you could say you can, they're going to bounce on the first round. What happened last year? So 
before you're writing off the Cowboys, this isn't the Tony Romo Cowboys. These are the Dak Prescott Cowboys, and they're not pushovers in the postseason anymore. Matt tweets in, Cowboys will win this game, but it's not going to be because of their quarterback. Zeke will eat 150 yards, two touchdowns. Could totally see that in the rain. Could totally see that. David tweets in, was just on with you with the point defending the run, the Red Bull execution. Saints, two fumbles, Packers, three picks. Players play the game, and Romo, the greatest quarterback in my generation. Dak could very well change that. All right, again, Dak's still a long way to go, but if you're a Cowboy fan, I don't know how you look at what we've seen from Dak Prescott and what you know about how Tony Romo's career unfolded and not think that you have, if you were taking both guys' careers right now as rookies, you wouldn't take Dak Prescott. College football fans, and I see you guys still on the phones talking Cowboys. I will get to you in just a second, but I have been teasing for college football fans. This was such a bad slate of games today. How could you be juiced up? How could you be jazzed? Other than Penn State, Ohio State, which was the only game, truthfully, I was pumped up to watch. And at 14 nothing and a half, I know things got dicey in the third quarter. But ultimately, let's face it, Ohio State was never going to lose that game. At night, though, for Oregon, who has everything on the line, number six team in the country, going at Arizona State to play Herm Edwards. And Herm Edwards teams play ranked teams tough. To be down what they were at the half, and I know they had a late rally, but still to lose that game a week before rivalry weekend, two weeks before the Pac-12 championship game, already having the one loss in week one, unacceptable. Unacceptable. And for those out west, and I know Yogi Roth was a guest on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. I believe he was a guest with Ken Carmen as well. He's been waving that flag for the Pac-12 and how they should be included. I already see Joel Klatt on Twitter pumping up Utah now because now everybody has to turn the page from Justin Herbert and Oregon because they lost and put him put them in their top four of the college football playoff. And yes, Utah took care of business versus Arizona. Next week, we will know for sure what I believe we already know. And if you saw Georgia struggle versus Texas, uh, Texas A&M late on CBS today, it should be another reminder, like we just saw at Oregon, we already know the college football playoff. Alabama is going to the college football playoff. I thought last week, maybe, maybe with Tua gone, that might change things. And then the playoff rankings came out, and they were still right there at number five. And you heard all this hogwash about, well, we don't factor in player injuries. We factor in what we see on the field. And Alabama went, and they beat up on a team nobody cares about and scored 66 points without Tua. And now next week, line up for the Iron Bowl, where they will play a tough defense in Auburn. But does anybody really think Alabama's going to lose that game? And if Alabama has one loss to finish the season, Oregon's done. So if Oregon beats Utah, it's really done-done. But now by Oregon losing, that makes Utah potentially beating Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game that less impressive. Also, Oregon lost to Auburn, as I've pointed out, and Alabama would have, would have had beaten Auburn. You mean to tell me, Pac-12 fans, and we'll get your thoughts on this, 855-212-4227. You think the committee, and with all due respect to the job Kyle Whittingham's done up in Salt Lake City, you mean to tell me the committee is going to take a one-loss Utah Utes team led by Kyle Whittingham over a one-loss Nick Saban Alabama team with Jerry Judy, Trayvon Diggs, and NFL guys up and down the roster? And you mean to tell me if LSU or if Ohio State are the one, and whichever other one's playing Clemson, you mean to tell me you think we're going to get a more competitive college football playoff game 
with Ohio State and Utah over Ohio State and Alabama? Are you freaking nuts? You could hate Alabama and be tired of Alabama and look at Alabama the way you look at the New England Patriots. Look at them the way you look at the Golden State Warriors the last few years. I get all that. It's tiresome. We haven't had a college football playoff without them. But the way this is shaped up, because Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, and they seem to play close game after close game. Because Oregon now lost to Arizona State, because at least they're a name brand, unlike Utah. If Utah was undefeated and won the Pac-12, we're having a different conversation. They have their one loss. Alabama is going to the college football playoff. And you could sit there and laugh at that all you want. And the playoff rankings, again, won't have them in because they will put Georgia back in the top four. But newsflash, Georgia's going to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game. I mean, how many times are you going to see Georgia struggle with South Carolina, lose that game, struggle with A&M? They're not beating LSU in the SEC title game. I'd be stunned in two weeks if we were talking about that here. Alabama at one loss sitting out conference championship weekends going. Because there's not a quote-unquote sexy enough matchup waiting for them, or sexy enough team other than them, waiting for that committee to get their hands all over. It's been an odd college football season, a very top-heavy college football season. But any which way you want to slice it, Bama's going. Alabama's going to the college football playoff. And the Pac-12 kissed their chances goodbye with that Oregon loss at Arizona State. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. If you want to get on in that conversation, 855-212-4CBS. Let's get back to the calls. Tim is in Racine, Wisconsin. Tim, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Tim. What's going on? Hey, Weebles, Wobbles, and Rumble's head always fell down. <laughs> right, right on. Yeah, well, I totally understood every word you were saying. No, I, I, I don't mean, I don't want to mean that mean, but... Zach, Zach Prescott, dude, has got the best quarterback rating there is in football, period, bar none. All right, but all right, we're back to English. Anything, he don't have anything to show for winning. I mean, like, you know, okay, I know Dallas fans will say, oh, they caught the ball. Or, I, I get it, and I can almost agree with it, but this is this is football, and I am sick of replay. I want it called on the field, how they see it, and that's huh. that because – so he's taking a turn. I, I don't. I, I, you know, I grew. I'm 52. I'm not. I mean, when I watch football, I watch bricks go through the TV if there was a wrong call. So you've smashed some TVs in your day. Yeah, we did. We did. How many TVs would you did. say you've smashed because of officiating? About five. Five TVs. And yeah. you like, where would you get the brick? You'd go out to the front lawn. Yeah, I, I go right outside. I grab a, I grab a stone brick, whatever I can grab. I'll, I'll smash the heck out of that thing. Okay, so you smash the TV with your dad. Well, yeah, me and my dad do it together, man. We don't when we do something, we're doing it right. Okay, now you do this during the game. My you dad, wait. For, well, hold on, hold on. You do this during the game. Or you wait till after the game's over. No, we we do it if it happens. Like I remember the Bears, right? It was uh, I'm going to yeah. say like 76 or 77. Right. He threw the brick through the TV. Right. But my point I is, mean, did, did you at least wait for the game to end to do all these bricks? No, we didn't. No, so you didn't yeah, even. Know, so you'd smash the TV no, and you have no idea no, how the game ended. Ruined my, yeah, my dad ruined the you know a game. All right, but Tim, you know, you, I mean, and my think... mom was so mad. Oh, I could imagine your mom being mad, Tim. Uh, well, now, yeah, because she had to spend the money to go get another TV. Right, right, right. <laughs> Fuck. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so Woody I'm Woodpecker sorry. is calling. 
Woody Woodpecker's called in from Racine, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to pull that, that laugh and put it in a rejoinder at some point. So there you have it, Tim and Racine. Now, I wish... Uh, right. There were a couple of things I wanted to get to him there, but frankly, I couldn't keep him that long. A, what, have, what has he been drinking all night? Number two, I have a real issue with... I can't believe I'm taking such a ridiculous call serious, but him and his father, they're bonding. You know, maybe people think, um, I don't know, let's... Let's go throw a ball in the backyard, right? No, him and his father's bonding experience is let's go take a brick off the patio and smash a TV five times because we don't like an officiated call between the Cowboys and Bears in 1976. And Tim said, take it for a grain of salt because he was hammered, that they did this before the end of the game. Now, why, I ask, in the midst of a game in which you like a bad call, would you smash your TV and not be able to see the end of the game? And I know many of you are thinking, well, just go to the other TV in the house. The way Tim was talking about the 70s, I don't believe it's now in my basement where I set up four TVs on a football Sunday with Sunday ticket. My hunch is they probably had the one set with the bunny ears in the living room, and he smashes the TV. The mom has to know, get in the car, because I'm sure Tim's father, the way we listen to Tim, I'm going to assume, quite a few hams, if you will. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, what a disaster. The mom's got to go buy a TV. She's got to lug the TV back from whatever the big electronic store was in 1976 down in Dallas. Why would you not wait for... The Wiz. The Wiz, right. The Wiz. Circuit City. Why why would you not wait until the game's over to smash the TV? I don't get it. I don't get why you wouldn't wait until the game's over to smash the TV. But Tim, who and what do we think Tim was drinking tonight? That's got to be that's liquor more than beer, right? Yeah, that's not that's not a beer uh, drunk. That's liquor. And look, it's it's almost two a.m. in Dallas. Good for him. Good for him, right? It's a long college football Saturday. I'm sure he probably bet on Texas versus Baylor. Tom Herman let him down. Getting ready for Patriots Cowboys, which by the way was the in case you missed it or didn't understand because I didn't either. His original point was on Cowboys Patriots. Who the heck knows? You think Tim likes the Cowboys or Pats tomorrow? I have no idea. He has the Dolphins in that game. Right. I have no idea. All right, we have a big next hour ahead. Has anybody seen Adam Silver's new proposal? Somebody get this guy out of the commissioner's chair before he wrecks the NBA. That's the Sean Moore show on CBS Sports Radio.